Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 99. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome everyone. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good and I am so astounded that we are at episode 99. Ooh. Yes, we are. W- wow. I... It's uh, looming upon us. Episode 100. <laughs> Dun, dun, what dun. shall we do? I have no <laughs> idea. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Quince, the, or Quince uh, giveaway, the definitive bilingual edition, hardcover edition, signed edition that we're giving away uh, for ratings and reviews on iTunes. I recently put up a link where you can review our podcast as well. It's a lot easier. You could e- even uh, um, rate it and review it on Comcast, I believe. Not Comcast. It's at the Google account of podcasts. I say Comcast. Um, But what I have noticed, listeners, is that when you subscribe to our YouTube channel, if your, um, if, I guess, if your ID or the way you sign in is not, is private, then we don't get to see who subscribes. So you you won't be entered into the uh, raffle. So, I was thinking, I know that you guys want to keep your um, identity private, but if you'd like, you can uh, instant mess or DM us in any form, whether Twitter, uh, Instagram, or Facebook, and let us know that you subscribe. Maybe just screenshot it and send it to us to be entered into the um, the raffle that is supposed to be um, pretty soon. It's supposed to be on the 20th, and yeah. we're currently on the 17th. Yeah. Uh, so if you could do that, I know it's an extra step, and I'm sorry about that. We're still doing this. It's a, it's a new thing for us, so uh, we apologize for the inconvenience, but that's actually where we stand right now. So uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that, again, if you subscribed and your account is private on YouTube, then we are not able to enter your name into the raffle because your information is private. So, um, sorry about the inconvenience, but thank you for subscribing. Cool. What's up with you guys? I am dying from this heat. I know. The fact that it's hot is honestly very, very disturbing to me. Yes. I don't want it to be summer this early. It shouldn't be this early. (laughs) We haven't even done spring yet. It's literally the middle of winter. It's January 17th, and it was 81 degrees here today. Uh, Well, that's at least what the uh, forecast was but what whenever it says it's going to be hot it's always like a few degrees hotter than what they say so i didn't Mm. actually double check it today but 81 was hot enough for me yeah it was it got to like i think like 90 oh for you wow yeah because uh, downtown area whatever um uh but it was it was hot it was hot i do not like it yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, it's something's wrong. Thanks, Al Gore, for, <laughs> for global warming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously, I went outside and it felt like I was burning, like just burst into flames. And I was just like, <laughs> my Facebook post was like, I'm burning. The sun is burning me. And then in the comments, I put the exorcist where she says, it burns, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because it's literally true, dude. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah, other than that, I mean, for us, I guess everything is pretty normal. So um, I'm just happy to be here recording with you guys because that breaks it from the monotony of work and tv and netflix and work and hulu and work and you know hbo <laughs> and sleep max and r- rinse and repeat yes exactly so thanks girls for being here with me yay yeah yeah it's a pleasure i've gotten into the um the habit and schedule of okay monday or monday it's not even monday sundays are our production days it's when we do all of our meetings and we do our recordings and it's kind of just like uh old hat now so um yes Mm -hmm. and i'm also thankful to be able to do that as well absolutely oh and before we move on to our next segment i just like to wish um betty white 99th birthday today guys january 17th (laughs) Uh, I saw her in a movie that we were just watching, and I was like, damn, isn't it Betty White's birthday? Is, isn't she like 100? No, guys, she's not 99. Yet. Yep. But she's still working, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what she has been in. Last thing I knew she was in was Hot in Cleveland. Um, but I'm sure, she, I mean, it seems to me that she's always on my TV or on my social media, so I'm assuming that she's still working. But <laughs> I mean, like right now, I guess it's a little weird to be working even in the entertainment industry. So she mentioned on her Facebook mm-hmm. posts that she was going to be celebrating in uh, quarantine or not in quarantine, but just at home and not going anywhere because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, even if I mean, at 99, being uh, like having a cameo in a movie or a show is it's kind of a big deal at 99, yeah. so I consider her still working, but yeah. Happy birthday birthday to Betty White because she's 99 and still working and still chugging along. Yep. <laughs> Alright guys, now it's time for Que Hora Es, Kristen? Already? Well, yes. we're starting it early today. We're doing it. Yep. We're doing it. Es la hora de la cervecita. <laughs> yes. And today we have a cider. So, um, it is a Pacific Pineapple. That's the name of it. Um, And it is from Two Towns Cider House, which is a brewery in Oregon. Um, Corvallis, Oregon is a small little town, um, I'm guessing, but I don't know where it is actually is in the state how close it might be to portland or any other areas that most people know um but uh two towns cider house has this cider called pacific pineapple and it is an american craft cider from dessert apples with costa rican gold pineapples so um the description says that it is juicy and tropical Pacific pineapple rolls ripe Costa Rica golden pineapples into fresh pressed Northwest apples. This refreshingly juicy and easy drinking session cider will relax your state of mind no matter your locale. So um, I think that's pretty cool. They get their pineapples from Costa Rica. Um, I know that um, pineapples always taste 
uh, yummier to me in tropical locations. Uh, and this <laughs> is a five, an ABV of 5.0%. So um, I got this from a local restaurant who, um, tor Tortilla Cantina in my neighborhood, uh, is known for having 35 uh, beers on tap at all times. And during the uh, pandemic, and now restaurants are close to indoor and outdoor um, eating, they have uh, started selling their draft brews in cans that you could buy in singles. So once I saw that, I was like, that is the perfect opportunity for us to be able to try multiple different beers and whatever other things they had there because I can just go and ask for three at a time and it's draft, which <laughs> I love draft. Um, and uh, we could try different things um, because they um, rotate often. And to top it off, they were selling them for $5 each. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's the magic word right there. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm hard pressed to find a, a pint for $5 anymore. Like, oh, absolutely. Back in the day, Red Car was $5, and then everyone was up in arms when they went to $5.25, then it went to $5.75, and now their drafts are like $7.50. So, wow. Uh, wow. yeah. So, I'm going to open mine up. I haven't. Will you look at the color, guys? It's sort of oh, like. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's clear. It looks, it looks like, like champagne. Yeah. It looks like pee-pee when I drink all the <laughs> water that I'm supposed to drink on a daily basis. Like if I drink the eight eight ounce bottles of water that I'm supposed to drink, this would be the color of my pee. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks more like a champagne. I really like it. So smells straight up like apples. I don't really smell pineapple. Do you guys smell pineapple? No, but you can certainly taste it, though. Oh, can you? I, I did. I did smell pineapples, uh, but yes, you can. You can taste Ooh. it. Ooh, isn't it great? I love it. I know. I feel so fancy. It, <laughs> it, yeah, I. I yeah. really like it. I'm you know, I feel like to. I feel like you could actually like freeze some some grapes and put them in there for fancifulness. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Could, <laughs> and I think you could serve this up like on a like a Sunday alternate to mimosa. You know? Yeah. This is really just. Oh, this is so fanciful. I love it. <laughs> it's very very flavorful. I've had. I I used to not really beef fan of ciders um and i've i've had some that just were way too sweet this is sweet but not over it doesn't overpower the flavor and the taste to me mm -hmm. no it's it's really i i you know you know i i frown upon ciders but this one is just really just ooh, just hitting the spot like i don't know if it's like because mm -hmm. it's hot outside it just is so refreshing oh yeah and and it it's kind of like the type oh, yeah. of fanciness that like let's say you're going to like a, a well b before back in the days when you could go out uh, <laughs> back you, in the day <laughs> back in the days when you could go out you could uh you know how you bring something to like maybe like a brunch yeah and uh this would definitely be a, an alternative to the to the uh, mimosas that they serve during these girly brunches 
This is outstanding. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> the beer mosa. <laughs> it's so good. And it's, it is not losing its flavor. It's completely like, I wouldn't say fruity because that would be the wrong word, but it's full of flavor and, but it's not sweet, sweet. It's just perfect. I love it. Oh my God. I'm so glad I'm drinking this. It just <laughs> bright. You've just brightened my day with this. This is sensational. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. And, um, the fact that they even have ciders on draft is like cool to me. Uh, and I can just go and get a can for $5 and go home and enjoy it in this wonderful uh, summer weather we're having in the middle of January. <laughs> yeah, man. This is yeah. This is awesome. Like, I don't know. I feel like if I lived where you live, I would walk with my mask on over, buy myself one of these cans, and walk home drinking it. <laughs> it would be like, like a little adventure drink. I don't know. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Are we ready to read it? Because I'm very excited about this. This is really good. Yes. So as a reminder to our yeah. listeners, our rating system for beer is a five-point system, starting with one being flaccid, two being initial, three partial, four full, and a five is rigid. And if we really love something and it's a six out of five then it is super saiyan so sarah what do you rate mm -hmm. two towns cider house pacific pineapple i'm gonna say rigid but it's really close to super saiyan because it just <laughs> brightened the whole mood like you know and even though it's a five something abv like i don't know there's something about it that's just like happy it just it it just it's a party yeah. in your mouth i think i don't know <laughs> You know what? I, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to go Super Saiyan because not too much is going on in the world right now. Wow. This, 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 was a little, that's, this was definitely shocking and a surprise, and I'm excited. Very impressive. I'm excited about this. Nice. So recently I have been drinking uh, Lacroix or any nondescript seltzer-flavored water uh, with 100% mm -hmm. mango juice or pineapple juice. And this is what it reminds me of. And I've been loving it. And it's an alternative to diet soda or to regular soda or because I'm doing the Whole30 um, diet right now. And, um, and I've been loving drinking that as uh, an alternative to those other things. And this is what it reminds me of. And so I just want to, like, drink it all. Um, I really like it a lot. I will when I can. Like, I'm going to give the rest of this to, to Eddie so he can finish it. But when I can, I'm going to go and get some more um, and enjoy the heck out of them. And I am going to give it a rigid. Uh, this is Jen, and I'm going to concur with Kristen. I'm going to give it a rigid as well. I really, really like it. This is basically like drinking... It, it's... It's like drinking pineapple juice to me. It's but it's like really good, like uh -huh. with like a little bit of alcohol. I like it. Uh, I it's refreshing. It's super tasty, uh, and it's not um, uh, like you can you can taste the pineapple for sure, but you can also taste like that other bit of fruitiness that Kristen mentioned, like the apples and stuff like that. So I, it's not just like overwhelmingly pineapple as well you can still taste like you know that it's alcoholic that it has a bit of other fruity uh flavors to it so i'm gonna go with a rigid as well nice excellent so, so that has been our review of two town cider house that's super awesome i love it guys two ridges and a super <laughs> saiyan 
All right, guys, it's now time for Chisme de la Semana. And today, this is Sarah. I'm bringing you some juicy chisme. Exclusive. Uh, Carly, Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil in Spider-Man 3. So for those of you who are not familiar, Char Charlie Cox is the guy who plays Daredevil in Netflix in the MC universe. Um, but he is, has been signed on to be part of Spider-Man 3, the film. So that's super exciting because I was kind of sad that we weren't going to see uh, Daredevil anymore. But this is really awesome news. I'm so excited. I, I, don't, I can't wait to see what they're doing with this Spider-Man film because there's so many people that have been signed on already. It's just like, where are they going with this? So I'm just, oh, I can't wait. It, it just sounds amazing. Amazing. I also have other... Uh, chisme, it's all full of so much <laughs> chisme today. Netflix Sandman show reportedly cast Gwendolyn Christie in the, as you guys know, Netflix is doing a Sandman um, adaptation of Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which ran for like 76 mm -hmm. issues, I believe. Um, and if you guys don't know who Gwendolyn Christie is, she is Brienne of Tarth in the Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, so... Based on her uh, character in Brianna, uh, as Brienne of, um, Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones, I feel they haven't said what she was be has been cast for, but I feel that she could be Desire. Like, I don't know why. I just feel like she's going to be Desire. So I'm really excited. She's a great actress. She's um, She has like those androgynous, uh, androgynous features that I feel that are so perfect for Desire. So I'm really... Um, excited that they we've heard this casting news so it's just like I just I'm it's so I'm just like so excited it, I can't wait I can't wait um, I, I'm, I'm any like, Sandman you news gets yeah. you excited <laughs> yes that's so true that's absolutely true and I was just gonna say that I'm like if you know me you know that any Sandman news is super exciting to me so um, I, 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 I'm loving the casting already. They're getting some really great uh, actors. So that's my chisme. Now to you, Kristen. What chisme do you have for us today? Well, uh, the chisme that I want to share with our listeners is uh, the chisme that is on a lot of people's minds now that WandaVision has dropped on Disney Plus streaming. Um, there is a lot of talk out there about the fact that we already know that WandaVision is going to lead directly into the new Doctor Strange in the Multiverse um, of Madness movie that is coming out, the new Doctor Strange movie. And people are surmising that uh, Marvel and Disney are going to use that as a way to bring mutants, uh, quote-unquote, X-Men into the MCU. So that is a huge deal for, um, for the MCU. It's a huge deal for Marvel and Disney, which, um, you know, as soon as they gained the rights to the X-Men, uh, people were wondering how they were going to do that. And I know that there has also been an announcement that uh, they were going to take on uh, the Deadpool 3 um, and make it R-rated. So... So this is a total way for them to do that. And as people, uh, fans of Wanda know, um, her original origin was that she was a mutant. Now that's been retconned uh, since then and a whole bunch of crazy family drama storylines <laughs> have come out around that and, uh, and all these secrets have, have been revealed. But that was her original uh, Marvel Comics 
um, origin. Origins. And yeah. so, um, and one of the things that people are, uh, are also kind of throwing out there in this cheesement is that maybe she brings them into this uh, universe um, mistakenly, um, but maybe she actually creates mutants which would be which would be a throw um a shout out to the house of m storyline uh and the most famous wanda uh uh uh, sentence out there no more mutants so it kind of be like doing the opposite of that so there's a lot of cheesement out there about how they're going to treat this and what they're going to do with it and um i just can't wait to see how the rest of WandaVision plays out and then how that leads into bringing X-Men to the MCU. Now, the one thing I will say about uh, bringing X-Men is, is that um, they better do a damn good job casting Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah, that... uh, I lull myself to sleep with fantasies of uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine on the nightly. So I mean, they got they got to do something amazing and find a great actor to take mm. on that role. Yeah, man, that's gonna be a struggle because you know that Hugh Jackman is so cemented into our hearts and souls. Yeah. So I mean, oh, I I don't even want to think about it. Just surprise <laughs> me because I don't want to. Think I about have it. a lot of theories going on in my head because I just I'm very very excited. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I was introduced to Scarlet Witch, it was uh, she was Magneto's daughter. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I was introduced. But since then, I hear there's been so many. So many, so many different changes. So, and then when I saw the movie, I was a bit disappointed. But you know, that's when people tell me, like, hey, you know, they don't have the rights. You know, this there's a lot of like legal stuff that's going on that we don't know about, and you can't be mad at that because it's beyond yeah. their control. So, um, I've learned to kind of like you know, not get all worked up about that stuff. But uh, I'm very excited, and this is gonna. Will will this be the first instance of a TV show propelling a movie? I think it will be, right? Like I don't know. It'll I mean, be like in the same um, what is it called in the same vein of it. No. Uh, I I would have to I'd have to look into it, but I feel that this would be the first one going directly from a TV show streaming that would be part of a bigger. A uh, uh, movie like a blockbuster movie. I mean, movie. Uh, I don't know. There was Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay. Okay. Like I couldn't think of it right away, but I was like, "Is this the first one?" Because I was like excited, like, "Oh shit, it'll be the first one." But no, you're right. Sex in the City, and I'm sure other. And ones I'm sure also. other ones, but definitely for Marvel and Disney, it is a continuation of just, in my opinion, the great job that they do at keeping continuity across all of their uh, platforms, whether it be TV or movie or even comics. And I appreciate that so much. And I, every chance I get, will share how freaking salty I am that they don't use the same damn people, that DC doesn't use the same damn actors in their movies as they do in their mm-hmm. in their TV shows. Oh, absolutely. I get it, 100%. All right, guys, it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So today we have a little ditty called Suncatcher. 
And this came to us um, by Jose Pimienta, who is a, um, a creator and apparently someone I met in person that I don't remember. <laughs> um, because we had an old email in our, uh, in our email that basically he said, it was nice meeting you and here's our book. And I'm sorry, Jose, but this was back in October of 2019 and it is now January 2021 and we are just getting around to it. <laughs> My apologies, 100%, but here we are. So <laughs> we got around to it. <laughs> yes, we got around to it. Um, but the book's description says um, Beatrice is a teenage musician who discovers her grandfather's soul is trapped inside a guitar, and the only way to liberate him is if she plays the song he never wrote. Meanwhile, she and her band navigate the local music scene, wanting to achieve their unique sound. Set in the border city of Mexicali, Mexico, during the early 2000s, Suncatcher is a story about the songwriting process and music as a passion, vocation, and craft. So, um, absolutely. And the writer, as uh, Kristen men mentioned, is Jose Pimienta. Jose Pimienta uh, was raised in Mexicali, Baja, Baja California, and now resides in Los Angeles, California, where he works on comics and storyboards for animation and film. Sun catches his debut author illustrator graphic novel and it's published by Random House Graphics um, in May of 2020. And like Kristen said, it has been sitting in our inbox. Um, and I gotta say, I got I think I gotta explain because first of all, like we, before we used to record live and the three of us in one room. And so we chose to kind of like have physical copies of books. And so uh, digital copies were a little bit more hard because you have to sit in front of a, of a computer and read it. But now that we're social distancing, we're finding that reading them online or on digital format is a lot easier because we're all remote mm. recording these episodes. So um, thank you so much for your patience. And I got to say, just to begin, this is Sarah. I loved your book. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this is your very first uh <laughs> instance of writing such an amazing comic book it was just so after i finished reading it i'm like you guys have to read this it's so good the colors the um fantastical realism the story the characters they're so it's so moving like i i i had to take a breath after reading it it was just so heavy i think it's the way i can say it because it just weighed so heavy on on my soul and when i read it it just it was just something that i had to to pause to just take it all in and it was just it's amazing and I cannot believe that this is your first graphic novel because it just blew me away I mean it feels like you've been doing this forever and it's mm -hmm. it's brilliant it's oh my god I can't wait I, I'm actually mad at myself for waiting this long to read it <laughs> so the fact that he is a storyboard artist makes a lot of sense because the paneling was amazing I cannot give enough accolades and credit to his skill in being able to depict motion in those mm. mosh pit scenes. Oh my God, yes. They were so freaking realistic. And yes. just the body movements and like I could see them in my mind actually moving. He 
was so amazing in doing that. And most of the book is a lot of just movement. Um, and the movement is used to depict the music, which, I mean, when you really think about it, a written format that is all about music and feeling music and living music, like you have to be able to, to show that. And in a comic, um, that is, you know, the artist's job. And it's just, he is so talented. Like the, the movement that he used or that he was able to actually portray to me as a reader was just like I was flabbergasted. Yeah, I mean, just looking at page five where uh, she's laying on the ground listening to her tapes and like her whole wall has a bunch of like posters. And so all that coloring, it, not to mention the color, guys, the colors are amazing. Oh, yeah, um, they're, they're they're so dreamy and whimsical. So like the whole wall is like a dark um, browns with yellow. But then you look through the window and you catch palm trees and those violets from sunset. And I mean, it's just breathtaking. I mean, the whole thing, I can't believe he wrote it and he, he drew the pictures like like he's the illustrator of his own comic. I mean, I wonder how long this took because this is like amazing work. Amazing. It really is. So me and Kristen have actually read something by Jose Pimienta before. And it's uh, that well, that he didn't write, but he drew and he actually drew Soupy Leaves Home. Uh oh no wonder. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And uh and so he's like he's not uh he's a storyboard artist and he's like worked for he's worked for Dark Horse, he's worked for Iron Circus, he's worked um uh, with like a lot of people, but this was his debut author illustrator like gig. Like this is the first time I think he's written something mm -hmm. and illustrated it uh like both in combination. But I I really, 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 really enjoyed it. It's, um, um, like, they say that, uh, magical realism is the, it's like the thing for most Latin American, uh, like, creators, uh, and specifically writers and stuff like that. And I do agree because we fucking do it so well. Uh, it's, <laughs> and it's, that's what this book is. It's, it's, it's magical realism because it's about a young girl who finds out that her her grandfather's spirit is trapped in a guitar. Uh, but the book itself is about her journey and her trying to basically create a song and like make like distinguish herself as well, but while also trying to uh, basically remember her grandfather who passed away. Uh, mm -hmm. And like she has him in spirit, but it's more of like kind of like uh, like she's compelled to do it uh kind of thing but overall the setting of the book it's all it's all basically realistic it's about it's about her trying to create a song and it's about i think in a form it's about the creative process as well and how it can haunt creators sometimes how sometimes just like an idea comes to you and you just have to write it down or you hear like you hear or see something and you're just like i i don't want to lose this idea and stuff like that so that's i really like that book for that aspect that uh, of the, like the creative process and stuff like that, but also the magical realism that they was able to implement in the book as well. So I I really really enjoyed it, and I regret that we were not able to read it when it was first sent to us, but we have gotten <laughs> around to it. Yes. Uh, and it's 
I highly, highly, highly recommend the book. Either if you yourself as uh, as someone who likes uh, listening about like or reading about like rock bands and the music scene and stuff like that, or just someone who really likes magical realism uh, as well, it, or if you like kind of like uh, if you have read Soupy Leaves Home, this is the same guy, and if you know his artwork, it's a really fucking good artwork. Yeah, yes. I think when I told you guys, you guys have to read it. It's like I said, it's sort of like a soupy goes home. Like it just it feels so magical in that way, like so heavy and so you know magical. And uh, and now I know why I didn't do much research, <laughs> but now I know why. But um, I also love the fact that um, it also kind of deals with like personal, um, like trying to. I know you're in your dive you div you're you've dived into creating this this uh this song that releases your uh, grandfather from the from the guitar but it's also wearing down on her um personal health so so like in and, and it also shows how you can be so like driven by something that everything else seems to fade away and it can be harmful for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. like you need to reach out to the people around you uh, to help you with things. And uh, I think this shines a light on that. Uh, mental health and trying to seek out help. Or just even talk to someone about what's going on in your life. I mean there was a point in the story where her mom came to visit. And she's like my mom's here. Because she spends most of her time in the garage trying to write this song. Mm-hmm. So um, it just. Um, I thought it was just really amazing. And like uh, Kristen said the movements. Uh, some of the panels don't even have words. All the emotion is just left in the art that carries the story along so brilliantly. Um, I absolutely love it. I, I can't believe we... Uh, I, I'm a, at a loss for words that we waited for so long, but it is amazing. It's amazing. And you can actually purchase this book on Barnes & Noble, um, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Target, Walmart, Amazon. Oh, nice. Hopefully- yeah, and hopefully at your local comic book shop as well. What else would you like to add, Kristen? Well, I just wanted to echo uh, what Jen was saying because there's uh, about how um, the book accurately portrays um, what it's like to be a, a creative. And when you have this idea that you just need to get it out, there's multiple scenes in the book where she's asking people for pens and papers or even showing up at one of her bandmates' house in the middle of the night because she just has to record something before she loses it. So I think it's just, um, it was really well done on all on all uh, facets of just capturing every aspect of um, being a musician and then also the 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 fantastical part of it of you know having to deal with this um with her grandfather's soul being um imprisoned into this guitar and tell me that you both did not think when you read that the shaman who did this to the grandfather was from the yaki tribe that you didn't think like i did Hey, I wonder if he knows Henry Stata. <laughs> Does he Absolutely. know Tata <laughs> Yeah, I totally thought about um, La Voz de Mayo when I read that part. I was uh, like, what? It's yeah. so cool. But I also like to like uh, acknowledge uh, the artwork and the scenes on the street with the vendors and the stores and, you know, like the streets themselves, how 
it was basically like going to Tijuana or Baja California and like I'm like damn se me antojan unos tacos right now <laughs> I know in. I was saying the same thing when I was she was walking down um past the taco stand I was like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> I mean like the artwork the just the depiction of of those scenes was just like so amazing and I really liked the part where como la uh, alburean they're like hey good looking morra and I was like eat <laughs> Eat it, Nako. Like, it's just, it was, it's perfect. Because, you know, like, sometimes they, like, they, like, uh, do that, that, psst, psst, psst. Yes. You uh-huh. know? So, like, I mean. Órale, güey, no soy gata. Entonces, no me, no me haces así. <laughs> I always want to ask them. The only reason I never do is because my Spanish isn't good enough. But I always want to ask them, tell me, in all the years that you have been doing this, tell me of the time that it actually worked, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and not only that i gotta make a mention that the women that are drawn in this comic uh are amazing like yeah. when i oh, love yeah. that part when the bassist was like yeah the, i was gonna go into this band and they were like going for that whole female bassist vibe but they got me instead but they don't say it but they're talking about her weight yeah mm-hmm. and I, and i and i love that like you know it, it just it was so endearing i loved it all i loved all the bandmates had their own thing, their own quirks. Even the lead singer, which I also kind of had a little bit of disdain over, but he kind of grew on me. He kind of grew on me. But uh, yeah, it just overall, it was amazing. Every character was developed amazingly. Uh, everybody had an. Everybody had like their own, um, uh, ¿cómo se llama? Personality yeah. that really shone in the book, in the storyline, and throughout the whole story. And and this whole and this whole story is encompassed in this trade paperback so you, there's no other issues after it so uh i encourage you guys to go out there and find it because it's really amazing you guys will not be disappointed and i didn't mention this before but it is also available in espanol for you yes. guys that didn't know that so um i'm gonna go back and read it in espanol uh but uh to just just to get a feel for uh, the language it has but it amazingly in english was just breathtaking a work of art honestly so are you guys ready to rate it? Yes. Excellent. Well, this is Sarah. And as you can see, I'm all excited. So for me, it's like the whole panaderia and a cup of champurrado. And you invite some friends with some, te- with some tequila in your cafe, cafe mexicano. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, this is, oh, sorry. sorry. I'll go ahead. This is Kristen. And uh, just like Sarah, I am giving it um, the whole panaderia. I loved it. I love the colors. Uh, I know, Sarah, you mentioned that the first time you actually tried to read it, it was a printout and it was in black and white. I can't even imagine not being able to see this book in the colors that they were intended. Um, It's just really awesome, really amazing. And I also just want everybody to read it. So, oh, but you didn't give your rating. She yeah, gave, uh, the whole panaderia. No, oh, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, did she say it? Okay. <laughs> this is Jen, and I am also going to give it the whole panaderia. I really like the book. I really love the colors. I love every aspect of, about it. It is, it's definitely worth a read. Um, and especially, like, you don't see a lot of books set in Mexicali or that are set, um, uh, or at least that are, like, 
published here uh, in the States. So I I highly, highly recommend the book. It, it has a great setting. It's great colors. It's a great story. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. All right, guys, that has been our book rating of Suncatcher by Jose Pimienta. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. What is on our radar, guys? Well, today on our radar, we are going to discuss WandaVision. Yes. Now, WandaVision, as uh, listeners who may have been listening over the past months may already know, is the... Um, Disney Plus Marvel streaming show that I have been waiting for forever. Um, and it got pushed back multiple times due to COVID. And finally, it dropped uh, on Friday. And um, they released the first two episodes. So I am so excited to see how this unfolds. Um, specifically because of, you know, the fact that I just love the two characters together. I love Tom King's mm -hmm. vision. Um, I want, with the Cheeseman that came out, I want to see how this um, all rolls out into uh, bringing mutants into the MCU. There's just so many things that are going on here. And so it is on my radar, and I know that you both have also watched the first two episodes. Go ahead, Kristen. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. <laughs> you you go ahead. Oh, Jen. um, I lost my train of thought. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I knew that it was coming out, um, but I hadn't really put it on my calendar because sometimes I need that for reminders of stuff. Uh, and then I saw a post by Eddie. And then I said, oh, crap, it's out now. And there's two episodes. So I went out and watched them. And I was just like, at first, I was like, what is going on? But then as I kept watching, just the, the quirkiness of the, the uh, black and white sitcom like I Love Lucy and uh, uh, Bewitched back when it was in black and white before it became color. It, it was just so endearing because I grew up with those shows. I watched those shows when I was growing up. So I uh, just seen kind of like um, a parallel to that with these characters was just really endearing. I really loved it. I really loved it, especially with those those. Uh, those jokes based on like them being unusual and like having superpowers and you know just it just was really great and uh the second episode was a bit uh even better because now we know that there's something going on in the background and um so i am actually really eager to see what happens in the third episode just i can't wait like oh my gosh i wasn't sure how long they were gonna keep going with this 1950s kind of stuff this black and white stuff but um, I I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I and I like the. I like the relationship between them both. It really, I think it's really great. But I do think that, I feel like they might be trapped in her mind somehow. So, but what okay. do you think, Jen? Well, before you before oh, sorry, I'm gonna mess up your train of thought too. I just wanted to mention, Sarah, that um, they were not both fifties. The first one was Dick Van Dyke Show. That was the fifties. The second one was Bewitched. That was sixties. We're gonna go decade by decade. 
So oh, the next shit. one coming out is going to be 70s. And there have also already been promo stills of the 80s where it is family ties. <laughs> oh, I love family ties. Dude, I'm going to love the fuck out of this. Okay. So, um, you kind of hit it close on the head. So, I find it really funny because when I was going to watch the show, but I was going to wait till all the episodes uh, were done. But the, I, the reception of WandaVision actually really intrigued me because a lot of people did not seem to like it. Uh, whereas, and then a lot of but the rest of the other people were just all like, no, like this is good. It reminds me of like old school sitcoms and stuff like that. And that was like, and I found, I find, I found that really funny because I, the only sitcom that I really know is I Love Lucy. Like that's, that's like traditional black and white sitcoms. That's the only one I know. And uh, I used to watch it. I used to watch I Love Lucy on TV when there was nothing else on because it was the one thing that was always on. Like, a, there, I'm pretty sure there was a channel just dedicated to I Love Lucy. Uh, and that there still is a channel dedicated to I Love Lucy. Um, um, but while I was watching it, it just, I was reminded so much of I Love Lucy that I, I really liked it. But other. The other part was of the people who didn't like it was because they didn't understand or they didn't know comics. And that part, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, so you just don't know shit. Um, uh, is, and then you don't, and that's why you don't <laughs> like it. Uh, anyways, read the comics. Uh, but as I have been invested in Wanda and Vision since I first knew that they were te- the, technically the parents of Billy Kaplan, who is Wiccan. And, uh, like that's, and so once, once I knew that and once I read more about them and their history and stuff like that, I was just like, OMG, they're cute. Oh no, they're not together anymore. No, I want them to be together. But, you know, it's comic books, so stuff, shit always happens. So I know that when the movie came out, what was it? Uh, Avengers? Was it Endgame? Or Infinity War? No one. Which one? <laughs> Wait, yeah, when, when he, died. he died? I, I, I Spoilers! Believe he, I believe he died in Endgame. I Infinity mean, in, War. In, in, uh, okay. Infinity War. So, but like him and Wanda had been going, and a lot of people were like, oh my god, like when did this have relationship happen? For me, when I saw that, I was just like, fucking yes! Like, I already know their back history. They're together. They're going to stay together. Of course they didn't. Uh, I should have known better. But <laughs> what people don't understand and that they never really cleared up in the movies was that Wanda Maximoff is the most powerful being Mm -hmm. in the Marvel Universe. Not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just the Marvel Universe as well. Like in the comics universe as well. The only person who's probably more powerful than her is her son, Billy Kaplan. Uh, So what Wanda's powers are, are the powers of improbability. If something has a 0% chance of working, she just flips that to what's the opposite of 0%? 100%. So she makes the impossible happen. And in this case, from what I'm getting about the show, is that she's making the impossible happen and she is recreating the Infinity Stone that gave Vision life. And that was the point. (gasps) (laughs) That was the point of this journey and why it was in black and white 
it's because it wasn't real until it came into color. That was her basically making it real. And like the slow introduction of color in the second episode as well. Uh, and the in the first episode when we have that one scene where Vision's boss is, is coming over and they're questioning them and then it happens. She mm -hmm. doesn't... Mm -hmm. My presumption is that that Vision that was right there he like one he wasn't real but two he wasn't concrete as like as a person slash being so he didn't know what to do to with a person that was choking that was choking to death mm -hmm. like what do you do like in a sitcom what what happens you they don't really show that so that she was establishing vision's personality as as he could should have been or would have been so it was kind of that that episode one was her trying to like basically will Vision's personality because by the end of that episode, Vision seems more like a person or like how he used to be mm -hmm. than in the beginning where he was very robotic. And by the second episode, mm -hmm. he is like he like she basically has managed to gather his soul up. Uh, and that's the whole like. The whole him shouting out "I'm illu I'm in I'm illusion," kind of, kind of going on until he isn't until he's made real by the end of the episode, and then you have color. He's come back, and that's why we have color. Like there's also, of course, the um, uh, the like them referencing classic sitcoms and stuff like that. But also, I'm taking it as her recre finally actually recreating vision. And bringing him back to life. So. I 100% concur. Yeah. Anybody who's read Tom King's vision. And cried their fucking <laughs> eyes out at issue 6. <laughs> knows Wanda's history. With dealing with grief mm -hmm. and loss. And uh, I don't, I don't want to spoiler to any listeners. Who may not have read it. But this TV show. Um is 100% following that storyline, but just with different people that mm -hmm. she's lost. Um, and exactly, I feel like she's recreating this alternate reality where she is trying to make it real, and she is using these sitcoms, and when you think of the sitcoms, these sitcoms are so white bread where everybody is 100% perfect can do no wrong and she's using that as uh, a way to make her life where she just had this tragedy happen perfect mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. and the and there's the little easter eggs obviously that everyone's catching of things that are indicating that okay this isn't real um, things are are not exactly as they seem to be. There was a Hydra um, symbol that yes. they showed, and the swords. Um, the the sword is uh, um, uh, as a Marvel. I looked it up. Um, faction that is basically like Shield, but in space or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so there's a lot of indications that obviously what we're seeing is not really mm -hmm. true. Um, and again, I cannot recommend Vision by Tom King enough. 
Um, the complete collection is out and issue six just I'm I'm not even lying like I was sobbing when I read that. My heart issue. was broken. I was just oh god, I loved it so much. Even the co the cover art for issue number six is so so good. It's just Wanda envisions like history together is like I want to write something like that so bad. It's just she loves him so much that she it is creating a whole new reality just to bring him back. I'm just all like, that's yeah. the good shit right there. That's I am here for it. I'm just like, oh my god, it's it's so it's so good. It has me snagged already. And like I said, like Kristen has said, I cannot recommend Tom King's vision enough. It like it it's it's very much similar to what is like uh what wandavision is based off of but it really 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 like it for me i put in the work to find out more about wandavision and i read the old comics and stuff like that the mini series that they were on the like older like not as well written uh books and stuff like that and the most current stuff that there was but you don't have to do that because tom king does a good job good job of surmising scarlet witch and Vision's relationship in his 12-issue miniseries and what they were about and mm -hmm. how they viewed each other and how they still view each other and how they're both still kind of in love with each other even though they're not together in Tom King's Vision. And it's just, he does a really, really good job of kind of establishing marriage, like, uh, like not marriages, but like couples and stuff like that. Because his, mm -hmm. uh, his, um, um, Mr. Miracle was also really, really good. And him and him yes. uh, uh scott free and big barda is again like they're so good together he does he does a really good job <laughs> of kind of cementing what and how their relationships work and you kind of see that in wandavision too i can i'm honestly i would be i would be surprised if tom king wasn't a consultant for this i hope they do oh i, I Good question. I hope I he is a consultant, uh, or that at least the whoever is uh, at the heads, hey, like, hey, read this and stuff like that. Because, well, thank the gods, Jeff Johns is a DC person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I might go back and just read the credits just to see what's going yeah. on there. But I mean, they're doing an excellent job, as far as I yeah. can tell. No, uh, I'm really, really excited for it. And I can't wait to see more of it, honestly. Yeah, so when is the, uh, um, I was going to say issue three, but <laughs> <laughs> episode three coming out? I'm assuming it'll be Friday release date okay, since Friday. the last one released on a Friday. And I'm assuming it'll just be a, on a weekly basis. And I think there's only nine episodes. Oh, man, only nine? Anyway, but it's great. I, I totally love it. And I'm so glad you guys brought more of, like, the backstory of the comic books because that really puts everything into perspective, like, for people who may not uh, be familiar with it and are having or struggling to um, to understand the, the TV show, the Disney Plus show. So, but yeah, I'm excited. I think, I think that a lot of the, the dissonance also comes from the fact that it's a Marvel superhero, quote-unquote, show, and they didn't get shit blown up. And I yeah. think that's where a lot of it is coming from. But the one thing that I 
not the one thing, but one of the things that I love to tell people about comic books is it's not just superheroes. And here's a perfect, amazing example of a book that is about superheroes, but it is so fucking compelling and amazing. And you'll love it for all the reasons that have nothing to do with the fact that they're superheroes. Exactly, exactly. This is going to be great, guys. I I would definitely love to chat about the rest of the episodes as they come out. This has been really cool. So that's actually what's been on our radar. All right, guys, it's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what is on our Juntos y Fuertes today? Well, just a reminder that Juntos y Fuertes is our segment where we highlight um, people, places, things <laughs> um, that uh, actually um, are created by other uh, people in marginalized groups. And we've decided to highlight our sister podcasts on Period Network, which is a network that has podcasts for uh, by women for everyone. So um, last episode we did Tinseltown Tea and this episode we are going to do Elaine's Cooking for the Soul. And now Elaine's Cooking for the Soul is a post-apocalyptic cooking podcast. Now that right there already has me hooked. And the first time I heard about it, I was like, oh my God, that sounds freaking amazing. That sounds so uh, cool and creative. Um, so this sci-fi comedy series is hosted by Elaine Martinez, uh, DDS in her dental clinic. Each week, she brings on a guest to cook up a shelf-stable, nutrient-dense recipe to share with survivors of the recent nuclear event. The recipes are real, but this world is fictional for now. So yes, this is a fiction scripted podcast um, and it's written by Allison Schleisman and features Rosa Delgado, who is the actress who plays Elaine. So um, definitely go to periodnetwork.com and check out Elaine's Cooking for the Soul. And Sarah, I know that you started listening. Oh my God, guys. You guys know how much I raved about the Sandman, the, um, uh, um, aud not Audacity, the Audible Audiobook? series. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Elaine's Cooking for the Soul is within that vein. It is Whoa, so good. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. It is so good. And this is a, a, this is a podcast you have to listen from the first episode and then carry on from there. But, um, it's really great. Uh, there are several different, anecdotes that come in with the different survivors that come in to cook with her and it's just so good i mean there's so many aspects of of the story of the world they're living in that comes out with when while they're cooking and stuff um but it's just so good and yes she does cook from her dentist um her dentist's office and there's so many aspects as to why you shouldn't condition your hair during the apocalypse <laughs> or 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 why bread is illegal during the apocalypse. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it just, it's its really good. It's really good. And it's not, each episode is not very long. So you can like, I think I've gone through like four episodes so far, but I'm just hooked. Like, I feel right now that I can't do anything else. Just listen to the, uh, to the podcast. So like, 
I can't put it on in the background while I work because I need to fully concentrate on what they're saying because it's so good. <laughs> but I mean, I really love it. And I really highly recommend you guys um, uh, follow them. And also, you can listen to them if you go to the periodnetwork.com um, uh, website. But it's really great. I highly recommend it. The audio quality is amazing. They have like sound effects. I mean, who knew sound effects could carry on a podcast so I mean, it just—it's just a great marriage of, of, uh, of their story plus the sound of it. Just—it really makes everything feel really alive. So I really highly recommend it. It's so good. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yes, as soon as I finish watching Bridgerton, I'm gonna start on this podcast. <laughs> oh no, same. I want to catch up with all of our period network uh, mm-hmm. fellows uh, podcast, and I want to know what they're up, what they're up. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have Isunboshi, a graphic novel retelling of the Japanese folktale of the One Inch Samurai. Uh, it I is... can't help but smile every time you say <laughs> One Inch Samurai. <laughs> it's look, it looks really cute. The trailer for it is absolutely gorgeous and it's actually it was funded it was fully funded in 24 hours right now they're on to the scratch goals and all that stuff uh but it looks really really good uh it has it currently still has 26 days to go it has met its goal of 30,000 uh dollars and it has 1,000 backers on it and it's uh being made by Ryan Lang who is who has been working in animation and live action films as a concept artist artist and he actually worked on Big Hero 6 Wreck-It Ralph Moana Doctor Strange Avengers Oh wow yeah so he's he like he knows what he's doing and he has put up some pages and artwork uh for the book and it all looks so so beautiful it looks amazing and uh i just it looks it i cannot describe just how much i'm in love with this idea and how great the art looks it's uh he puts up a goal he's put up like uh tears and stuff like that to get the book in pdf you just need to back it i believe at uh twenty dollars yeah, so at $20, you get the digital bundle, and at $30, you get the physical copy of the book. And then after that is a $60 bundle, which includes prints, the hard, uh, the book, and as well as the digital book. Uh, and the prints are in 11 by 17 uh, size, and they're, like, they're done with, uh, with heavy, heavy, um, uh, poster paper. So oh, they're, nice. yeah, they're, they look to be like in a great quality, but it's, it literally, it looks really, really cute. And it looks like a really compelling story as well. So it's Isunboshi, I-S-S-U-N-B-O-S-H-I on kickstarter.com. Awesome. All right, guys, it's now time for saludos and saludos goes out today to YNC Comics. YNC Comics was out for a hiatus for some time. Of course, this happens. Uh, they had a baby and also the pandemic. Most of their videos were coverage of um, uh, conventions around That's town. Right. So a lot of their um, um, their content was cut 
in half, of course, because of the fact that conventions have all been canceled. Uh, so Yuri at YNC Comics has made a comeback mm -hmm. uh, along with her producer, Carlos. And they have a brand new uh, YouTube video out now that is telling us all about Punchline. And who is Punchline? Kristen. Punchline is the replacement girlfriend of Joker after he broke up with Harley. So yes, so she's going to tell us all about that. She does these wonderful videos uh, where she does them both in English and Spanish. So please take a look. Saludos goes out to them, to Carlos and Yuri from YNC Comics on YouTube. Uh, and again, their videos are both English and Spanish. Um, they're really quite cute because she has such a great personality. <laughs> so that really comes out in her videos. I highly recommend you like and subscribe. Um, and that has been our saludos. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, where can they find us, girls? You can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can DM us as well. You can always email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Um, also, we have that uh, drawing coming up January 20th. What does that entail, Kristen? Yes, so if you leave a comment uh, and rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, and uh, if you follow us or if you follow us on um, YouTube or leave a review there, um, you will be placed into our drawing for the, um, I always forget, I want to say quintessential, but uh, <laughs> I, I, the I, I bilingual hardcover yeah, edition. But it's the ultimate <laughs> edition or the something edition. Definitive. Then, definitive. The definitive bilingual edition <laughs> of Quince. And Quince, as you all know, is the amazing book by Fanbase Press, uh, published by Fanbase Press that um, is all about Lupe, who is a 15-year-old girl who discovers that she has superhero powers on the eve of her quinceanera. So, um, you get the hardcover edition, which is both in English and Spanish. On one side, you read it in English, then you turn it over, and the other side is in Spanish, and then right in the middle is tons of amazing extra content. And this particular... Um, copy is signed by many of the creators so go to apple Podcasts, review our podcast don't just rate it don't just uh click the little star please go the little extra uh mile and write a review even if it's a bad review just let us know what you think <laughs> yes definitely and like i said at the beginning of the podcast if your information is private on your YouTube settings, we have no. I, we know that we have a bunch of subscribers, but we don't know who they are. So if you could take the time to maybe write a review or even screenshot your subscription and DMing it to us to be entered into the raffle. Because unfortunately, we're all still learning about this and we had no idea that subscribing to our YouTube channel was not just enough. We need to know who you are in order to be entered in the raffle. So... Uh, sorry about that and sorry for the inconvenience, but if you could take that extra time, I'd really greatly appreciate it. Also, please look 
um, I'll be sending a link on our Instagram and on our Facebook page on an other option to like and subscribe or rate and review our podcast so you could be entered into the drawing that is January 20th. Thank you so much for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.